Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here we go, we have a look at everyone's favourite football club, the Collingwood Football Club, this season 2015. Yeah, love them or you hate them, and uh, even some that loved them hated them this season. So. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. Yep, such um, is the life of being the powerhouse supporters. Well, I mean, they're the Yankees yeah. of the AFL. Yep. Um, so, and relishing the role of us first them mentality. and it, Yeah, I mean, they've always... Um, taking that on board as part of their marketing and yeah. and uh, you know it's you know with us or against us us against the world and I do like the fact that they'll meet up at whatever they call their centre from year to year and do the march over across the bridge uh, across to the, bridge. the MCG well, I think it's the Westpac Centre at the minute yeah it the Alexa Centre change next season I'm I think not going to give them a free plug on our podcast I've got a feeling it is changing next year too I don't yeah. know what I think Eddie Ed Centre or something oh fuck knows um, but yeah I do I do like that little sort of bit of flair from their supporters there. I think it's a good, you know, morale booster when you're going in, get people in there early. And without sucking up, uh, the thing Collingwood does do is they, when it comes to uh, the fixtures and that kind of stuff, they do accommodate a lot of other teams like um, North Melbourne or Melbourne yeah. who need the cash injection. They go, right, yeah. mate, we'll play. We only play you once this year. It'll be your home game. Yeah. So, you know, you get the gate receipts. And even a few different codes of football that have been here, they've teamed up with. Remember yeah. they did the... You could buy a Collingwood membership and you'd get, get a Storm or a Storm or might have Renegades. Been, might have been Storm. I can't remember that. Or it might have been A League, where you'd do better to do the back on oh no, A League was in summer back yeah. to back. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty, sure I'm pretty sure it might have been the Renegades yeah. or, or the Storm. Whichever it was, it which, was a different code, and you'd be able to slip straight across. Yeah, which um, makes sense after the day match at the MCG and watch the night match. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, so let's have a look at 2015. Um, Collingwood finished 12th with 10 wins, um, yeah. but it. It does feel uh, it. It wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, they missed out on finals. Yeah, I think this is where you you expected them to finish, but for different reasons. Right. Like, I think that they had a lot of young talent that really stood up, which sort of got them to this position. But with the injuries that they had, it was always going to be difficult to play finals. One of the worst injury lists I've ever seen. Yeah, and so with that with that injury list, I think. They sort of overachieved in the fact that their young talent sort of stood up and got them to where they were, which is you would just expect them to finish their bouts on merit if they yeah. didn't have much injuries. But yeah, so I thought they they finished where they probably were around about um, with a clean slate, but for different reasons they got there. Like we said at the end of the year, I mean the feeling from the outside was yeah they missed finals, finished twelfth, but they weren't that disappointed. They, they no. went okay, finished twelfth, but there's reasons. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, and they lost beams before the start of the, yeah. start of the year as well. Turned to be a big loss with how how his form was up north as well. Yeah, I mean he's a quality player. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so we'll have a look back at the the good 
the good side of 2015 for them and yeah. their best wins. Yeah. Um, and I think with Collingwood, you always start at Anzac Day. Yeah. Um, the fact that uh, they got up over uh, Essendon, and this was early in the year still. Yeah. Uh, so while Essendon always had that um, appeal uh, cloud over them, Yeah. I mean, two weeks earlier, they beat Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, and I think from memory in that game, the Essendon got out to a flyer, and then that was it. It was quarter time was the last chance they had at uh, yep. doing anything worthwhile. Yeah, and I think Essendon um, were sort of almost putting the shepherd on Collingwood for a bad year with all the yeah. shit that was going down there. So I think uh, Bucks can thank old mate Hurdy for putting on a little bit of a, a distraction. Yeah, ran away with it in the second half. I was kind of a little bit off that one. But anyway, um, the, the good news of it too was... Uh, Anytime anybody has a go at Dane Swan in the media, comes out and goes, yeah, yep. I'm still a fucking footballer. Yeah, exactly. Is How that... can you not like Dane Swan? Well, that's it. He's one of those club players that, even, doesn't matter who he plays for, he's going to get fans from uh, across the yeah. divide, if that makes sense. Um, just the way he goes about his footy and the honesty, he's someone that you yep. relate to. Like, Because obviously most supporters uh, grow up playing footy in whatever league they are, and there's a Swanee at every club. Absolutely. like Character-wise and talent-wise. Um, it's great in these era of you know media training and one week at a time and um, carefully managed social media profiles um, that he can be himself yeah and like all the you know dinner with some bloke some dodgy bloke at a restaurant in Ligon Street yeah. doesn't bother me in the least nah I couldn't give a shit what he does no, no I mean me. if he's firebombing okay we got an issue exactly but if exactly. he's sitting down having a piala yeah yeah, could not care. It's just, I think it's just more uh, the way he looks. He's not fitting, fitting the sort of corporate side of promoting his own football club. Of and The most corporate football club in, in the land. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, they've got, what, 50 other players on a roster of A's and B's. So, about. yeah, you can pick any other talents, you know. You've got uh, Penderbury there. So. He just keeps, keeps delivering. It, it's also good, you know, in... Um, modern footy where it's all athletes and all that kind of stuff yeah. where this little waddler... Yeah. can still run rings around people. Little stumpy duck legs. He, but did he re-sign this season? I think which so. Which made him a... Oh, he's going to be one club player I mean, for life? He's never going anywhere. Yeah, no. Just absolutely never. Um, so even though it wasn't that great of a game, it's still Anzac Day. It's yeah. still the biggest um, home and away game of the year, regardless. Yeah. And they've got to win. So yep. that's something they can take on into next year. Yeah. You know, I think I had their best win as well. For Collingwood doing the research and going through the games, what I kind of found was, I think some of their best performances, bar for what I think the Geelong performance was, were actually in losses. Yep, absolutely. They had some losses where I thought they played really well and that's what staved off the criticism that would usually be leveled at them yep. for having such a bad win-loss record season, if it makes sense. It's almost damning praise, but they had good losses against yeah. like Sydney, Frio, yep. Hawthorne. That well, Hawthorne game, they pushed them all the way. Yeah, I think there was a close ones against um, top eight teams. Uh, once they were a chance in as well, so um, I'm pretty sure they lost small uh, small margin to Port Adelaide. Yep, uh, might have been Frio in there as well. But Geelong, I had them as a good performance, best complete performance in a win. Um, especially like I was talking about the young players who stood up and and really held their own. Taylor Adams was one that yep. had a real breakout year. Um, because that was round 22? Yeah. Round 22. So it's late in the year. So that is at their lowest in terms of injuries. Yeah. And also, because you've had that injuries throughout the year, you're bl- uh, blooding in the younger players. They're going to get tired and yeah. beat up. 
um, to put in uh, an effort like that where they were never really headed for the entire game. No, and the thing with that game is you're playing Geelong whose season was on the line. Yep. And with a, Still ex- had a chance. experienced team like that, that's when they usually step up. So for a team that didn't really have a whole lot of motivation to get up for that game, yep. to, to put on that display, I thought was a real credit to um, the players. And th- they had the, the regular people stood up, but Taylor Adams, I think he had like 36 disposals or something, um, just killed it, killed it. Yeah. Was it his first year at Collingwood this year? A big recruit from GWS? Yeah, I yeah. got a feeling it was. I think it was. And what was really key for Collingwood was that they needed to be able to diversify their goal scorers yep. if they're going to beat big teams. And that's what they managed to do really well here. And it's, it's always been a blessing in disguise with Cloak having sort of bad stretches and then being forced to go up the ground because yeah. he does good work up the ground when he's, and when he's facing a goal. It's so frustrating to be that dominant um, body-wise in, yeah. in the marking contest. Yep. And to see him, I think, was it, this year against Richmond or last year against Richmond, he's slotting them from the boundary line. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then Richmond, yeah. 20 sure. metres out dead in front. Look, yep. a, a, as horrible as it, as it is to say, you've got to say you are not a key forward anymore, boy. Yeah. yeah. Go down back. You could probably kill a, 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 I don't know, a Josh Kennedy. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I don't know, any other key forward. And I think the only thing that sort of stimmied that approach was they didn't have enough of... Uh, Forward running goal scorers to be able to pick up the slack. You had yep. the stand ups with um, Fasolo, played yep. some good games. Elliot. Elliot was also the, the key standout. But you couldn't, well, until this season, you wouldn't be able to revolve a game plan around that strategy because yeah. you weren't really sure who was there and who was going to stand up. But I think now you've shown the cloak come up the field and when he's running towards goal, does really awesome things and yeah. makes them have to be accountable from a lot further up the ground. So you can't set a zone that's really central around stopping his leads. I think he has a fairly long kick too, and his field kick is yeah, not that bad. Yeah. When he's yeah. taking marks up on the wing, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because a key forward, um, when you're playing against somebody like that and you go, okay, he's getting all these positions up the ground, you, yeah. know, you know what? The key backman's doing his job. Yeah. With Collingwood, you're not that, you don't mind it if if uh, Cloak's taking marks at center yeah. half yeah. back or yeah. on the wing. Because, um, yeah, you don't have to hold your breath while he's having a shot on goal. And that's it. And if that's going to be sort of a uh, concession the other teams make against you, then you have to be able to figure out how you're going to make them pay for, for having that approach. Do you reckon that uh, Cloak is very happy that John Butcher for Port Adelaide is still on a list? I, I think Cloak is, is happy for a lot of things from this season, <laughs> including the entire Essendon 32 players and Butcher, because that's what would happen eventually. Like, if they were a bit more competitive for eighth place, yep. then the, the hammer would really come down and the pressure would be on. But at this point, there were so many distractions and with the injury list, it was it was acceptable to understand you weren't going to make the the position that you thought you were at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, the reason I brought up John Butcher was without him, um, I think Cloak's the worst kick for goal in the AFL. Yeah. So he's good. He's lucky he's got uh, somebody else there. Um, the other good thing about that game was uh, Swan and Pendlebury weren't the ones dominating. I mean, Swan, yeah. uh, Pendlebury still had over 30 touches, but like you say, um, you had uh, others that are getting way up there, like even uh, Degui. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's the next brigade. Um, under their best wins, I also put uh, the Gold Coast Suns um, yep. because it was up at Metricon. Um, even though it was a bit of a blowout and yeah. you know the game was over in the third quarter. Um, last year, they got surprised by Gold Coast up there. So yeah. it was a little bit, we got to get our own back. Yep. Um, but also, it's just... When you come up against those lesser sides, you need to beat them. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've had heartbreaking losses against 
Yeah, uh, you know those top four, top eights. And I think almost with uh, having to win a lot of away games, being Melbourne-based teams, it's good to get those confidence builders yep. when you're on the road against teams like Gold Coast, where it's very foreign, but. There's some sort of team development that becomes from staying in the same hotels and being around each other and having a positive experience because you win the game yeah. away from home. So I think that can sort of build up momentum amongst young squads especially who don't have that experience to rely on. Um, so if that's the good news for them, where's the bad news? Where are their worst losses for the year? Well, it's it, there's lots of things you have to consider when you're thinking about Collingwood's worst loss because some of them had legit excuses when long runs of injuries and yeah. bad matchups, maybe motivation, but... Attitude's one had to be against the Tigers. Um, they had, they just got dominated, and the thing is, it was a week after, a week before that they um, played Geelong. So even though it was a really bad loss, they fixed what they needed to fix against Geelong the next week. Yeah, um, but it was it, the score was twenty three nine hundred forty seven to seven goals fourteen, um, and Collingwood had seventy less disposals and nine more inside fifties. So it's kind of hard to see you didn't have much of the ball, but you had the opportunities inside your, your 50. But they just broke down across uh, in there and attacking 50. Um, the forward line presence allowed the, the Tigers to run as well. Yeah. So there was no uh, uh, defensive forward line pressure. Another Tigers set up across the back line and half back, and they just ran and kicked over the top of their, their um, zone. Well, in the last quarter, they gave up nine goals straight. Yeah. And that hurts. And six to Vickery. And six to Tyrone. Yeah. That's... When you're making Tyrone look good, yeah. you've got to ask some questions. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, if you're going to have to cheat off one man on the Richmond forward line, <laughs> it probably would be Tyrone. But after three goals or something, maybe just grab a Guernsey, you know, yeah. somebody put a body on him. Stand on him. See, there you go. Yeah. But even in the, that really bad defeat, they did have one standout, which was, um, where are we? Levi. Levi Greenwood? Levi Greenwood, yeah. yeah who come across from uh, north? Yeah. Um, had the job tagging Cochin and tagged him out of the game very well. Um, he was one of the few people that put his hand up for the Collingwood team. Well, just having a look here. Uh, Greenwood had 24 touches. Where's Cochin? Cochin, 13. Yeah. So not only has he uh, tagged uh, Trent Cochin, uh, yep. the 2012 Brownlow medalist, yep. <laughs> out, of the, uh, out of the game, he's got 10 more disposals than him too. So that's not yeah. a bad fucking effort at all. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the other sort of Richmond hard bowl getters, they all sort of dominated. Uh, Martin got plenty of it. You had Ellis, who still hasn't learned to kick on his left foot, which is great to see. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah. Who I needs mean, him? I mean, Taylor Hunt got 25, so right there, yeah. There you go. Um, I also had uh, one of their bad losses was, uh, what round was it? Round 18. 18 against Melbourne. Yeah, that was the other one I was considering. Like, yeah, they got injuries. Yeah. But it's Melbourne. Exactly. I mean, yep. I know they're getting better, but okay, you you, you might drop a few games here and there yeah. against uh, some some sides that you think you should beat, but Melbourne, yeah, it's, uh, and you lost by what was it, fifty points? The, it was, the best part of fifty, a fair bit at the end. 40, 40 odd points, whatever it was. Um, and Jack Watts is getting uh, twenty six touches. How? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, maybe you've lost faith in his ability to be able to do something, but. He's still got some talent somewhere that you need to at least what, keep an eye on what he's doing. He's still playing. Yeah, He's exactly. still out there. Yeah. And it seems like uh, a lot of attention went to Hogan and Watts is just slowly chipping away at Snuck his in. inefficiencies there. Well, Jesse's still bagged three goals, so that's not a bad afternoon for him. But yeah. um, Bernie Vince has had a day out, 30, 30 uh, touches and three goals. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you'd hope that... I mean, there's another problem with Collingwood is their best tagger is McCaffer. And he's obviously out for the entire yeah. year. Yep. Um, so they'll be looking for him to come back next year and, 
you, know, you won't see uh, Bernie Vince getting thirty touches and kicking three goals. Yeah, um, you know. But let's let's tag Jack Watts. Yeah, because if you remember back, the whole um, capitulation of Jack Watts in his very first game was against Collingwood. Yeah, on uh, is it Queen's birthday? They play on the Monday. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, um, the fir- I remember the first time he touched the ball, and Shane O'Brien and two others just. Buried yeah. into the turf, yeah. And you thought, oh my god, that kid's not ready. Yeah, and that's it. You should be going through those experiences in you know, like when you're 16, playing A's, or yeah. whatever. But they don't have that. They always play graded um, age-based football, just straight out of schoolboys into that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, I, I had uh, Melbourne and Richmond as the two worst losses. But like you say, there are lots of other losses, but they were honourable losses. And yeah. like I think back to the Hawthorne game where that game was still... Yeah. They, if they still had a chance up until the last minute, yeah. you know, there was just um, a little bit of Cyril magic and yep. the game got put beyond them. Yeah. Um, with a, a couple of extra senior bodies in there, yeah. you never know. And I mean, the only other real exciting game that I think they were kind of involved in was... Um, was it Anzac Day? No, not Anzac Day. The return... The second time they played Essendon, round 23. Round, yeah, the final round of the year. Yeah. Great game. Great game. Like, Had you, no right to be a game. Yeah. So if you're a Collingwood supporter and an Essendon supporter, that would have been sort of the game that you were most excited about yeah. because there's always a little something between those two. Well, two teams that had nothing to play for yeah. and put on an absolute um, spectacle yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. It was game of the round, for sure. Yeah, well, when other teams are resting half their sides. Yeah. Um, you know, and even though Essendon got up, um, yeah. It's still it's a great game and yep. you give them a lot of confidence going into yeah. 2016. And two teams that needed something for their supporters something to go into the off-season. So, yeah, even though you, you want to get across the line of those ones, you would have been happy to have that experience end of the season, go out, MCG, enjoy yourself for one last time for what was a bit yeah. disappointing season. Just trying to see what the crowd numbers were on that day because obviously they play Anzac Day every year yeah. and they're going to get, what, uh, the best part of a hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, so on round twenty three on a Sunday afternoon, forty. Not bad. But it's still it's still forty though. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been the lowest crowd for these two teams for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the way it goes. So who are their standouts then for twenty fifteen? Well, they had a few. They had lots of usual contenders. Well, but Penderbury and Swan almost go without saying. You yeah. don't need to say any more. You, you know we're going to get yeah. out of them. And you have to say Elliot. Like he was one that got some real excitement amongst the fans, and yeah. he's one that will get little kids going for Collingwood, Absolutely. make lifelong Collingwood supporters. They're going to have little kids. His number on their back, taking screamers off their brothers' yep. um, backs in the front yard. Yeah, so I think he's the one that they'll really be able to market you know, going into the future and build a little cult following around him. I think we've mentioned it before. One of his great strengths is not just when he take, tries to take the big screamers, and you know that's what he's there for. That it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's when he hits the ground, he bounces back up so yeah, quickly. Yeah, he's like uh, a cat. Yeah, he's like literally twisting the air. You see, when he goes to the high flyer, he's consciously aware of what he's going to do after next. he lands. Yep. And so, position yourself like that. It's almost like in basketball, because um, you know Collingwood love a, a basketball reference. Do they? I, I haven't heard yeah. anything about it. You know, that. when someone passes to you inbounds, and yep. it's when you catch it, when you're jumping to catch it, you always set your feet where to the triple threat position yep. before you land. So yep. then you can do Plenty it. Plenty of feet so you can move either way straight away. Yeah. And that's what he has a little sort of... It's almost like a, um innate feature of the way he thinks. So it's one, one thing that I thought was sort of sets him apart from the other youngsters who are doing good things was that he has the footy brain. Yeah, it, it's good to see a smart thinking footballer yep. rather than, you know, the yep. usual, oh, get ball, what am I supposed to no, do now? I think I think it's going to become good enough of um, someone that's a worthy adversary for the other teams. They're really going to hate him, which is a credit to him, if yep. that makes sense. 
Well, I mean, he plays with Collingwood, so they're going to hate him. Yeah, with, exactly. Him with, but yeah. if the other players hate him a little bit extra. That's yeah, nice. That's it. Some lovers tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also had uh, Crisp in there. He's he had yeah. a great year. Yeah. Um, and part of their young brigade coming through. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Steel Sidebottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had his couple of injuries early on yep. in the year, but with um, Dane Beams leaving. Because uh, yeah. they had, you know, three absolute elite midfielders in Swan, yep. Pendlebury, and Beams, and you lost Beams, but that's fair enough. Okay, yeah. family reasons, all that kind of shit. Can't blame him. Um, Sidebottom needed to step up. Step up. Yeah, um, I feel like he did. He, he, yeah, probably not to the same level as Beams yet, but he yeah. certainly showed that. Yeah, you know, he's six or seven years into his career now. Yeah, um, there is room for him to grow, and he's still yep. um, growing in that sense. Yeah. I found that he showed that maturity when he could see what he needs to do to change the title of the game or something and tried yeah. to do it. He didn't sort of give up and he tried to think his way through the tough situations that Collingwood faced in a lot of their games. Um, and one last mention I'll give to Frost yeah. um, playing yep. down back. or um, They had a lot of injuries to Keith Ackman and yeah. uh, obviously uh, Keith as well who had the um, clean butyrol or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it's, uh, someone... Someone spiked their cocaine. <laughs> Poor bastards. With, uh, it's a bit um, shit, but hey, what can you do? Get better sources, dumb cunts. But uh, Frost, or as I like to call him, um, vegan Brock Lesnar. Um, <laughs> he, he had to play above his weight for a lot of the year. Yep. And I th- think he held his own. Got beaten sometimes, but yeah. that's going to happen. And that's the thing. With those, that tier players, you just need a couple of them to stand up week to week. They can have yeah. a bad week, but someone else needs to pick up. And they had enough players to do that. Uh, the other mentions that I'll throw out is Taylor Adams and Fasolo. I thought yeah. they both had some good games when they needed to. Had a bit of, I think there was injury to Adams, wasn't there? Yeah, was I think it? so. Yeah. Yeah. Late start. Um, so they they didn't have that much consistency. Fasolo was a lot more, but when they needed to be there, they stood up. Um, and I'll give a mention to Marley Williams as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. At the start of the year, uh, on the back of um, his NAB challenge form, I think I, I picked him to have a big year. Yep. I, I almost, almost did, um, but he certainly showed a lot that uh, of uh, upside to his games. He um, tried real hard. He did, and yeah, a for effort. I think. Um, never mind his off-field shit. He he did show that little bit of mongrel about him. And yep. I thought you need that that little yeah. bit of edge. Yep. Um, especially with the way you know. Some players are coming through now uh, more on the athletic side of things. And that's not to say he's not athletic. But if you can throw your body around and show some weight in there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, especially when you've got a young side, yep. you're not going to get pushed over as much. Yeah, exactly. And people are going to think twice next time they go into a contest. Yep. 
Um, so I like I like the hard nut. Yeah, and that that's sort of the double edged sword is that they're not just that way on the field. Generally, off field they tend to be that. So <laughs> you want that on the field, but sometimes it's not as easy to rein in when they're off uh, doing what they do. Well, look, he got in trouble, you know, at the front of a nightclub. He did yep. his time and and whatnot, paid his penance. <laughs> yep. So you get on with it. You go, mate, don't do it again because you do it yep. again, you're gone. Yeah, you're finished. Yep. Just yeah. ask Dale Garlett. And let's be honest, the AFL drug testing regimen isn't really that intense. You know what I mean? A couple of random piss tests here and there. Well, I think, um, they're not really doing UFC style. You start a test, you know, they... Well, I think, you know, they say random. <laughs> I think Dane Swan's been tested more than some sides have. Yeah, yep. Um, but anyway, keep, <laughs> keep trying, guys. You know, the next one's free. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, when you look at, at Dane Beams, you try to think... Uh, Dane Swan, Dane sorry. Swan. Um I couldn't think of a drug that would get him in that sort of shape. <laughs> He's definitely not on EPO. He's definitely not taking steroids. Um, you, you might check him for some burgers. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's, he might be a bit high or maybe taking some acid or something, but I don't see how it's going to be performance-hancing. This makes him a bit of a tripper. All right, so let's have a look at 2016 then because it's onwards and upwards for Collingwood. Yep. Um, first thing we'll do is have a look at their their list. So their ins. They've got some, yeah, some big ins this year. Um, they got James Aish as... Uh, come home from Brisbane. Yep. Lives in Adelaide, but he's come home to Collingwood, so that's fair enough. Well, you know, when you're homesick, you've got to, you know, go to a team that's worthwhile, don't you? <laughs> when you're homesick for that money. Um, Jeremy Howe. Jeremy Howe coming across surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I really rate Jeremy Howe, not just for his hangers, but I think that uh, across half-back, he's almost a weapon. Because yeah. you can't... A lot of players... Uh, sorry, a lot of teams go to the, okay, we're going to go through this, this, this um, to try and get a forward 50. If that doesn't, we'll just bomb it in long. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, Jeremy Howe's just going to float across and yeah. nobody can get near him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a, a massive pickup for them. Um, if he plays more forward, okay, maybe. Yeah. Jeez, there's going to be a high-flying forward line if he does then with him and Blair and Elliot. Exactly, yeah. And the thing is, with someone like that playing across the halfback, you can sort of have a safety to them going over the yep. top of your zone. Um, there were a couple of teams that had players similar. <clears throat> I think uh, we talked about them on end with Essendon, with um, what's his fucking name? Cross half back with the ponytail. Hurley. Hurley, yeah. And was it Menzel for Carlton who was doing the same sort of role? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, both those teams are ones who needed defensive strategies. <laughs> so You get a lot of work out in those back lines. Yeah, but what, what I think can be key against is teams like Sydney and yep. even the Hawks who are really sort of diligent in the way that they come out of their, their back line. You can really stop them and do to them what they will do to you. Especially Sydney, um, because their kicking is a, a suspect at some times, but because they've got Tippett and Franklin, yep. they can do that a lot of, okay, here we go, bang, yeah. you, you deal with it. Yep. And if you've got Jeremy Howe there, like neither of those two guys can jump. Yeah, um, He's going to be leaping over as third man up yeah. for those kind of contests. Jeez, he's handy. Yeah. Um, and Adam Trelaw, who yeah, surprised everyone. Yeah. Um, despite it being talked about from round one onwards that he's going to go to Collingwood at the end of the year. Yep. What a surprise. Yeah. I think uh, Richmond threw in a little shade for him. Just <laughs> get him in the club. Say, how you going? Did Richmond do that or did uh, Adam Trelaw's manager do that? Yeah. It would have been manager, surely. Six of one. Pretty sure yeah. Trelaw was one eye on uh, both eyes on Collingwood. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how he goes because he obviously comes highly regarded, but um, yeah. you you got to show that. Yeah. Um, before you get out there. That's it. And Collingwood have got players that are showing that. So, going to be in for hot competition for the positions that he wants to slot into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are... It, it, have a look at their off-season, their ends. You look, there's no superstars in there. Yeah. 
but they've got superstars. They've yep. got. I mean, Cloak still counts. He's yeah. one of the best contested yeah. marks in yep. the in the competition, even though he can't kick straight. Yep. Swan and Pendlebury walks into any side yeah. and, and starting midfield. Yeah. So it, they are looking for those, you know, ten to eighteen on yeah. the list. Those type of players. Yeah. So maybe these guys, you know, push in. Yeah, and I think that having that competition for those spots yeah. might motivate those players and get them to a, a level that they wouldn't have been motivated to get at GWS. Somebody that you'd expect 7 out of 10, you get 8 yeah. out of 10 out of. Yeah. You can win a lot of games doing that. And you're going to learn off the best with the uh, Pendlebury and Swan there as well. But, and you've got resources. Yeah. Don't worry about that. You've yeah. got resources. Um, so on the other side of things, they're outs. Um, so we've got some... Uh, you know, delisted uh, rookies and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got Dwyer, uh, Nathan Freeman, who was traded out. Yep. I didn't see that one coming. And, and Seedsman. Um, I thought Seedsman was um, well liked at Collingwood. Yeah, so, so I thought he did enough to, you know, he wasn't first. You, know, you wouldn't plan your uh, line around him or anything. No, but, but 20, best 22. I just remember him doing some things that I thought yeah. were good. <laughs> um, now, uh, You've got to put a little asterisk next to Josh Thomas and uh, Lachlan O'Keefe because yep. of their um, their stakes were unfortunately spiked with the drugs they were taking that night. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... It, they weren't good enough to have it swept on the rug as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bother with the lawyers. Uh, You've got to commend them. They went, yeah. you know what? We fucked up. Yeah. We'll take it on the chin. And Colin was standing by him saying, you know, all right, look, guys, you can't fucking play. Yeah. So you're not playing this year. We'll put you on the rookie list. We'll look after you. Yeah. Big effort for him to come back from that, you know. But we'll uh, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Um, they also lost Clinton Young, um, which was a silly pickup to begin with. Yeah. Um, they paid. I think they he was one of the first uh, free agents they got. He was a unrestricted free agent from oh, Hawthorne. Right. Yeah. He was broken at Hawthorne. Really. Right? He hadn't played. Like he played in the 2012 Grand Final. Yeah. But he shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, his uh, his knees and ankles were just no good. Yeah. And when they lost that game against Gold Coast, it's because he dropped a sitter. Uh, right. um, so he got a bit of a paid uh, retirement, early retirement at Collingwood. Yeah. Um, so no, uh, as harsh as it is to say, no big loss for him there. No, maybe they got it worth worthwhile through the information they got about Hawthorne's little strategies or something. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. I I don't know. I've never heard Clinton Young speak, but yeah. doesn't look like he's the one you'd go to for the tactical insights. <laughs> yeah, probably right because everybody heard of him. So <laughs> <laughs> you go to him for his raking left boot, and he, he showed it occasionally for Collingwood, but uh, never really got there. Yeah, don't need him. Um, so the other way you get players in is through the draft. Uh, so it was Collingwood didn't really go hard at this year's draft. Yeah. Um, they used a lot of their early picks in trading out for Trelaw and Aish and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so they got four players that I've never heard of. Yep. Um, Braden Sear, Tom Phillips, Rupert Wills, Ben Crocker. But the important thing is they got four Melbourne players. Yeah. Uh, kids that call Melbourne home or, yeah. or played in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so the go-home factor is just not there for them. Yep. Uh, and that's it. Um, even with these young kids, <clears throat> if they're Melbourne-based boys, then chances are they've had their eye on them for yeah. more than a few years and have been familiar with them. So even though like a lot of these names are new to us when we just watch the draft and yeah. you hear about the top 10, they'll be watching these guys for a long time and, and had lots of feelers out across the country in all those different leagues. So they'd have quite a big dossier and all these people. So And I mean, Collingwood's first pick was pick 32. So yeah. it's not like they're looking for somebody to slot into the best 22 right now. Yep. These are their... 2018, 2019 players. Yeah. Um, and and that's it. The full strength Collingwood squad isn't as bad as their results would tell. Yep. So you, there's no need for panic. There's no need for mass overhaul of their squad or their strategy. 
Um, I think you're confident with Bucks. You know, I don't think he's going anywhere in a hurry. So, well, they're talking about extensions already. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we will get get to that. Um, so let's have a look at their draw then. Uh, very interesting draw for uh, um, Collingwood this year. Yep. So we'll have a look at their double ups. They've got West Coast Eagles, Western Bulldogs, Richmond, Melbourne, and St Kilda. That's not bad. It's, I don't think it's that bad at all. Um, like West Coast is going to be hard. That means a trip over to Perth. Yeah, but <clears throat> even then, it's not a bad little test if you're going to go extend yourself and you're playing um, a couple of well, what would be Melbourne-based games against yeah. teams who you might be fighting for the same positions. So it might really show where you're really at, and you can test yourself against West Coast twice. Yeah, and the good thing for them it means that they play Frio in Melbourne and they play West Coast in Melbourne. So yep. they're, I mean, two teams I think just about everybody has in the top four. So you're yeah. going to play them. You've got your best chance to try and get away. Yeah. And if you look at their opening five games, you've got Sydney away, but then you've got Richmond, Saints, Melbourne, and Essendon all at the MCG. And so if you're where you think you are with the, uh, the, in, list, they've got. Yeah, with the list you've got, you'd be looking at being far, four and one after round five and really be able to set up um, the rest of your season around that. So I think. The key game against Richmond for the first MCG clash yep. in round two, you can really set up the confidence and the um, belief to take on the Saints, Melbourne and Essendon one after the other MCG, make your own little you home there. Get some early early season momentum going. Yeah, and with the young squad, you've got, um, I think those morale boosters with yep. being 4-1 and one after round five, playing a lot at home, winning. Uh, I think that really shows on not only the train track, but on results. Uh, I think the younger players are more susceptible to that sort of influence, whereas yeah. experienced players sort of can get themselves up for, for the training and games. Well, I had the round one game against Sydney as one of their keys as well because they, they have the they've played well against Sydney over yeah. the years. They've had um, unreasonable positive results, even though they haven't won all the time. Um, yeah. And especially at ANZ Stadium, they seem to play that ground fairly well. Yeah. Um, and I think round one's a good time to get Sydney as well because they tend to ease into the season a little bit. Yeah, and more and more so with uh, list aging, although they've cleaned a bit out now. So, um, And they uh, don't play Hawthorne until round 23, so that'll uh, be handy for them as yep. well. Um, the other key uh, aspect to their draw this year will be rounds 16 and 17. Because that's round 16 away at GWS and then round 17 away at Adelaide in Adelaide. Yep. And that's the first back-to-back road trip that Collingwood's had since 1995. Jesus. Not a bad fucking effort. I reckon. No wonder. I'll tell you what. No wonder everyone complains about Ian Maguire, but if you're a Collingwood supporter, fuck me, he's done well. I reckon. I mean, everyone complains about the NRA, but they still lobby for shit that's in their favour, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> don't they? They do their fucking job. Yeah. 20 years since a back-to-back road trip. Jesus Christ. Not well, bad at all. The homesickness is real for Collingwood players. <laughs> it would be very interesting how they go at Adelaide Oval against Adelaide. Yeah. That one. It's always going to be a tough one. Uh, uh, real test for them as well, I think, that match. There'll be two squads that'll match up well against each other. And Absolutely. And probably play exciting footy. Um, so who are we looking for a big year from, from Collingwood? Um, and... It's we can't say Swan and Pendlebury because they do the same thing year in year out. Yeah. So yeah. you just expect if you get the same from them, yep. that's not a big year. That's just expected. Yeah. So who you who else you got? Well, I think you just need consistency from some of the players that showed what they they could possibly do, and that was um, at, like the ones I already mentioned. Who yeah, had good seasons? Chalor, Adams, Chalor, Adams. and uh, and Chalor's, was it Chalor coming over? Yeah, Chalor's first yeah. year. Yeah. So you'd expect him to hit the ground running. Um, Gooey. Took, it was one of the players, few players that managed to escape GWS um, <laughs> without a fight. So, well, except for other teams, but 
you'd, you'd expect him to be, you know, really putting his hand up and, and trying to cement his position in that starting squad. Well, I'm I'm going all in on uh, yeah. on Marley Williams. Marley Williams, double or nothing. I picked yep. him last year to have a big year, and he almost did it. So I'm saying he's going to have a big year this year and might sneak into the All-Australian squad. If yep. not the team, the, the squad of 40. Yep. Um, and also steel side bottom. Uh, I think it uh, he can have another big year. Yeah. And sh- he sh- he improved in 2015, and I hope he can do it again. Yeah. And then he, he can actually lay claim to, yep, I've... He, you know what? Could even put his hand up as the next captain. Yeah. If he has a great year. And I think with the strong leaders they've got, the positions that these players are fighting for aren't like um, leadership positions as people in other clubs might be. Yeah. Per se. Like they're not going to have to put the team on their back. So the pressure on whether they do manage to get there or not isn't as much on the results of your club. But you're still fighting for your position, so you can concentrate on what you need to do. And I think that'll create sort of that rivalry for positions that'll make them really go forward and, and train harder, play harder. Yep. So if they're the who we're looking at for big years, who's on the chopping block for them? Who's in trouble in 2016 for Collingwood? Well, this one might be a bit unpopular, but I reckon Jesse White really needs oh. to prove... Unpopular? Yeah. I reckon everybody's thinking <laughs> Jesse White. Jesse fucking White. Well, they seem to love him because they just remember the good things that he does. Like, he's a physical specimen. Isn't he? Of a man. Like, they've always said he should be a mixed martial arts fighter. He, he is the Brendan Schaub of the yeah, NFL. Yeah, yeah. And so I think he really needs to show some talent behind that physical um, set because he does freakishly athletic things and will play a couple of good games. But for the, if he had the right skills with that build, he should be dominating games. Such a tease. Yeah. He's such a tease. Yeah. Like, he he should be we should be talking about him around all Australian time yeah yeah exactly dominated games imagine yeah. you know a cloak you look for two key position forwards yeah you got cloak and Jesse White yeah it's just so disappointing yeah um, and that they have some of the same failings in, in front of goal yeah there was a couple of times where he's missed key goals lately yeah and you know the every fourth game you play yeah. alright that can yeah. wear on you and if you had the mindset and sort of the ability to read the play, he'd make an awesome centre-half back that ran straight through, yeah. like centre-half forward, centre-half back. And you could you could really free up a lot of your running players, making defence be accountable for him. Well, especially with Collingwood, one of their weaknesses has been in the ruck um, yeah. in, in recent seasons. And he's sort of that half-time ruckman as well. Yeah. And he hasn't done his job yeah. there yeah. Um, either. Somebody like uh, Kurt Tippett, who has done that half-time ruckman job yeah. well for Sydney, You'd hope for that kind of effort. Yep. Um, but yeah, when Sydney uh, got tipped and lost Jesse White, I think they weren't that disappointed. Yeah, they, they knew something. So you got to argue, you got to start thinking about what are you doing with him? Especially, yep. uh, yes, that's the other reason um, for Jesse White's got to be worried. Darcy Moore is uh, entering his second season now. Oh, yeah. He, yep. He's still small. Yeah. Um, but you can see that the, the cogs are ticking yep. over in him and he, he's got a footballer's brain. Yeah. Oh, obviously, his old man was a fucking legend. Yeah. Um, if his body starts to catch up and he gets used to the rigors of uh, playing against men, yeah. Like Jesse White's not going to have a choice. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to happen sooner or later. It's whether he can hold it off for another year. Yeah. He could have just been the training partner. <laughs> hold it off until he got, gets another contract signed. Yeah. It was a, for the Bulls that kept their job, though. No. One of the players, might have been for San Antonio, who only kept their spot in the team because they were the Michael Jordan of their training sessions. Right. So he, he was the one that they said, all right, you can be Michael, you do what he does, and we will figure out how we've got to beat Michael. Fair enough. And that was his only job. I know there was one player for the Bulls whose job was to be Dennis Rodman's friend. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, who was that? I forget that. Oh, anyway. Um, 
Uh, the other person I thought uh, is going to have a, a hard year is McAffer as well. Yeah. So I was a massive fan of McAffer. Yeah. Um, the job he did not injuring Gary Ablett, but yeah. when he played on Gary Ablett and yeah. those other players, the second best tagger in the competition behind Ryan Crowley. Yeah. Um, but now he's had a full year and a half out. Um, and like you said, uh, against the Tigers, was it Levi Greenwood who tagged yeah. Cochin out? Yeah. So there's somebody else there who can do what he yeah. does. Yeah. So if he comes back as a tagger, he's got to show that he can still run with the best in the competition. Yeah. Because there's no point him going in and tagging Basha Hooley. Yeah. You know, he has to tag Martin or Cochin. Yeah. yeah. He's got to take the top tier. Yeah. If he can't do it, then you've got to start to ask, what else do you do? Yeah. And when you look at the Collingwood squad, like we've spoken about, They've got the pieces there to be able to have a top eight side. Yep. It's just a matter of where they step up. Because we're talking about, the, we've got a couple of taggers there who you can go up against Fife, uh, um, Hodge and, and teams like that where you've got to isolate one player and get them out of the game. Plus, if you've got someone who can dominate the halfback, like if Jesse White stands up, then you've really sealed their ability to um, get out of your attacking 50 quickly. Yep. And you you've got the options of forward pressure with... Um, if Cloak can come out a bit and yeah. you've got Elliot who can pick up a bit of slack there and you've got your young runners like Trelaw and that who are coming to the squad, Adams as well, you've really got the pieces for a potent potent team. You've got to pull it all together and stay healthy. Yeah, they, they've got all the pieces. You're right. They don't have excuses anymore. Um, yeah. Injuries were shocking. Um, that's granted. But if you have two years of shocking injuries, you've got to go, well, mate, something yeah. else is going on here. Exactly. Um, the other big chopping block I've put down is Nathan Buckley. Yeah. Now, I know he's a favourite son, and I know he's got the the favour of the, the brass. Yeah. But the simple fact is, if they finish, let's say less than twelfth, if they finish thirteenth this year, yeah, that's six years in a row they've slid down the ladder. Yeah. I don't care how many pieces of the puzzle you've got together. Yep. That's very hard to argue. And they still have uh, Robert Harvey as an yep. assistant. Yep. Now look. Robert Harvey's been a person that hasn't been spoken about a whole lot since he retired. But he's been in there learning his coaching duties and taking his time as an apprentice. He's been at Collingwood for a long, long time. Like players should. When you look at the yep. players who are around his era, like Hurd, um, Voss, even though they haven't been after his era, yep. who went straight into the coaching and got put to the sword. Uh, Knights as well. Yep. Robert Harvey's been just doing his quiet little apprenticeship there amongst winning teams and seeing a couple of different real strong coaches. Be- been around the traps. Yeah. yeah, so you have to think someone who was as smart as, as him on the field plus that extra education he's done being the apprentice to a couple of great coaches, you have to be getting ready for, for the step up to the to big role. Well, I don't know if he's put his hand up for any of the roles that have been going around. But yeah. he, maybe he knows that like, yep. I'm I'm next in line here if that if push comes to shove. Well, there's, there's a theory. Maybe with their first five games, you're going to really tell where this squad is sitting, yep. with the teams they're playing in the top five. In If it doesn't go good, maybe you could see them put the axe to Buckley you know three quarters way through and give Harvey a couple of games in the, See, they, in the are, spot. they are already talking about uh, signing contract extensions yep. um, which is you know the Collingwood way that, but at the same time because they are such a rich club they could sign into an extension in round two yep. or pre-season and then sack him by round ten yeah yeah because um, they make probably what they're going to have to pay him out with um, ticket sales and membership draws and whatever else they Doesn't do for matter. fundraising they'll have no trouble recouping that that, that funds um, so on the whole of it then where is 2016 headed well uh, see Collingwood were a real tough one because you just didn't see how good they could be yep. plus the additions and I couldn't find a tangible reason to put them in front of some other clubs I've got them finishing 10th yeah I've got them 12th almost for the bit of the same reason I think that 
their their average skill level is really really good. Yeah, you just if two or three of them go up. Yeah, but the, their pickups are still. I think they're still just one year off it. Yeah, um, which I think it might be good enough. Even if they finish twelfth, that's not a slide. Yeah, I think you've that turned it around. If, if they had the exact same year where their losses against the top sides were honourable. Yeah. Um, I think you, you can justify, all right, we're ready for 2017. Yeah. We're, we're really going to have a crack at it. Yeah. Um, but, you, geez, you want to do it before Pendlebury and Swan get too old. Yeah, bloody oath. And if you've got the talent in there to be able to have that knowledge passed on. Yep. Uh, a couple of people who have come home for that, so you know they're going to stick around for as long as you want them, really. So, um, and Josh isn't here, but he's picked them as 12th as well, so the same as me. Yeah. So, but if Collingwood made the eight, would not surprise me. That's it. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the eight and wouldn't be disappointed either. But just on paper, I couldn't take out, say, Bulldogs. Couldn't take out Richmond because that's pride. <laughs> but Adelaide, I think, just got that home ground advantage where you not give them a few extra wins on a season based on the fact that they play a lot at home. Um, Bulldogs, I think, looking pretty good, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just can't put them above those teams. But well, the, wouldn't surprise me. The good thing is... Like we said, they played the Bulldogs twice. Yep. And I think that'll be telling um, for them. But uh, at the moment, I'd put the Bulldogs above them. Yeah. Um, which is why I've got them uh, 12th. Actually, I might uh, amend that to 11th because yeah. I had Essendon above them. And I, yeah. I think that they'll comfortably take care of Essendon now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Essendon have slipped down pretty much second last, haven't they? How about this Bible? then? If Essendon beat Collingwood on Anzac Day, Buckley gets sacked. Yeah. That's not good enough. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I can't see it happening, though. Yeah. I think it'll be an absolute pumping. Yep. Um, So there we go. Collingwood fans, enjoy. Yep. Good luck. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 